You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi everyone, we hope you're managing to hold on to your employment rights as employment takes a bumpy ride in the face of nearly 900,000 people having lost their jobs due to the impact of COVID. It's at times like these when you need to ensure your employment rights are fully respected, especially if you are off sick. So this week we finish the final part of our mini-series on sickness at work and employment rights by looking at the employment rights you have when you are sick from work and you have a disciplinary hanging over you. Now the first thing you need to note is that there are two types of disciplinaries you need to be aware of here. There is the first type of disciplinary where you may have had a disciplinary hanging over you before you went off sick, but the disciplinary has nothing to do with you being off sick. Then there is the second type of disciplinary that your employer might seek to pursue against you, which may be because of the amount of sickness you have had from work, for which your employer may have decided that you are no longer capable of doing your job. So we're going to take a look at how your employer is likely to proceed with each of these issues. So with the first type of disciplinary, employees often ask whether their employer can discipline them whilst they're off sick, meaning if the employer has started disciplinary procedures against you and then you go off sick, Can the employer still continue the disciplinary or does the employer have to wait until you come back to work? And the answer to this question is that if there are pending or new disciplinary procedures against you, your employer does not have to delay the disciplinary process because you are off sick. And your employer does not have to delay the disciplinary process until you come back to work. However, in the spirit of the trust and confidence element in your contract of employment, it would not be unreasonable for you to expect that your employer would not try to hold a disciplinary meeting without you being there unless the employer had good reason for doing this. And if, for example, you decided to bring an employment tribunal claim against your employer, before your employer could demonstrate to an employment tribunal that the employer was right to go ahead with the meeting in your absence, the employer would have to provide evidence that all other reasonable avenues have been tried before the employer decided to go ahead with the meeting. So what kinds of reasonable avenues would your employer have to try? Well, for example, giving you an opportunity to make written submissions to the disciplinary meeting would be one reasonable avenue. And another reasonable avenue 
would be that of obtaining an occupational health report on your ability to participate in the meeting or the employer getting a report or guidance about any reasonable adjustments the employer could make to make it easier for you to attend the meeting. These are just three examples of reasonable steps your employer could take. Now it's important to note here that if your employer goes ahead with a disciplinary meeting in your absence and you're dismissed at that meeting, and you believe your employer cannot show that all reasonable steps were taken to support you to participate in the meeting, you could bring a claim of unfair dismissal against your employer for failing to act in a reasonable manner. You do need to be aware, however, that to bring this claim to an employment tribunal, you need to have been working for your employer for a continuous period of 23 months and three weeks, which is just under the two-year mark by one week. Anything before this, even a week before this, so that would be 23 months and two weeks, would mean that you do not have the right to bring a claim to an employment tribunal for unfair dismissal. As we've mentioned in earlier podcasts, you only acquire that right once you have been in employment for two years, or in this case, 23 months and three weeks. And don't forget that your employer knows this. So your employer can dismiss you and treat you unfairly in the dismissal process, knowing that if you have less than 23 months and three weeks of continuous employment, that you do not have the right to challenge your employer about your treatment. So no matter how unfair the dismissal process may have been, unfortunately, there's nothing you will be able to do about that. However, your employer doesn't get to have things all their own way. If your reason for being ill is due to a disability and your employer goes ahead with a meeting in your absence and then dismisses you from your job without taking reasonable steps to support you to be at the meeting. In this case, If you have a disability, your employer has a legal duty to ensure you are treated fairly under the Equality Act 2010. And failure to do so and to then dismiss you at that meeting could mean that you are able to bring a claim of disability discrimination against your employer and you would bring that claim to an employment tribunal. An important point to note here is that if you are bringing this kind of claim to a tribunal, there is no qualifying period. And what that means is that when you have a disability or any other protected characteristic as identified in the Equality Act, you acquire employment rights from the very first day that you start having an employment relationship with your employer. Now, if you want to revisit your employment rights in this area, you can re-listen to episode two of the podcast where we go into this in more detail. 
Now, the second example we gave relates to your employer being able to dismiss you because you have a prolonged illness or because you've had too much sick leave. Many employees think that because they have a recognised illness, let's say something like cancer or motor neuron disease or some kind of long-term illness, that your employer cannot dismiss you from your job. And if you think this, you would be wrong. Having a long-term illness doesn't protect you from dismissal from your job because of that illness. However, your employer still has to go to some lengths to find out about your current medical position and how likely it is that you will be able to return to work. And this could involve consultation with your medical advisors, like your GP or your consultant. And it could also involve a possible referral to your employer's own occupational health therapists or medical experts so that your employer can get a firm view about your diagnosis and your prognosis. Prognosis meaning the likelihood of you being able to return to work. Your employer could even write into your contract of employment that the employer's occupational health or medical experts could provide a second opinion about your health, even if your GP or consultant has already given an opinion. And in many cases, this happens. We find that a GP or a consultant has given an opinion that your health is stated in one way, and then the employer's own medical experts give an opinion stating your health in another way. And the other way may be more favourable to how the employer wants to treat your illness. And so if you find yourself in these circumstances where your employer is expecting you to agree to a second opinion and you then refuse to agree with that request for a second opinion, you could be the one considered to be acting unreasonably. And this could put your employer in a much stronger position if the employer decides to dismiss you because of prolonged sickness from work. So to take reasonable steps to dismiss you from your job because of prolonged sickness from work, your employer would need to show that all necessary and reasonable steps have been taken to find out the state of your health and how likely it is you will be able to return to work. Now, a key point to remember here is that your employer's decision to dismiss you does not have to follow medical opinion that might say you are able to return to work. An example of this might be a case where you have been off work for several months due to a medical condition And your medical experts are saying that you could return to work after several more months. In these circumstances, your employer might be able to argue that whilst medical opinion says you will be able to return to work, for business reasons, your employer is saying that the business cannot wait that long and that your employer needs to put the needs of the business first and replace you. 
In these circumstances, if you brought a claim to a tribunal for unfair dismissal, a tribunal would have to look at the reasonableness of your employer's decision to dismiss you against medical advice. And the tribunal would look at all the circumstances surrounding your employer's decision to dismiss you before deciding if the decision to dismiss you was fair. So it's not as straightforward as the employer taking a decision to dismiss you because you can't come back to work due to being on long-term sick. And equally, it is not as straightforward as you believing that just because you have a legitimate illness, your employer couldn't make moves against you to dismiss you from your job for business reasons. Finally, a point to note here is that if you being off sick is because of your employer's behaviour towards you and that behaviour is in itself contributing to you being off sick longer than you would ordinarily have been off, then this is something you need to take note of. These types of cases usually arise in situations where stress and anxiety caused by things like unfair pressure of work being placed on you by your employer or you being bullied or harassed by your employer are occurring at work and forcing you to go off sick. Now again, If your employer chooses to dismiss you in situations where your employer is contributing to your ill health, any dismissal taking place in these circumstances could also be unfair and you would be able to challenge the unfairness directly with your employer and at an employment tribunal, having in mind the qualifying period we mentioned in the first example. And to end, as usual, if you feel you've been unfairly treated by your employer after listening to this podcast, your first step would be to lodge a grievance asking your employer to sort out the problem. You can refer to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast for help with making a complaint at work. We've included some handy grievance templates and documents with this episode, which you can access using the download links in the show notes. And that's it for this week. We hope you find something useful that you can work with in this week's episode. Please remember to let others know we are here by sharing our content and leaving us a review about the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening and where you can leave a review. We'd love you to share your views with us and to let us know what you think about the podcast or to let us know about any areas around your employment rights that you would like us to cover. Until next week... Thanks for listening. Bye for now.